Well, today we are in a six-week series called The Good News Made Simple. And we're actually going to end on Easter Sunday. That's why you have those invitation cards in your bulletin. It's to pass out. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a, in a, in a while. But the good news made simple is, is basically in our world today, if we're not careful, we can fall into this thing called religion. People don't really have a hard time with God or Jesus. They have a hard time with religion and the people who so-called follow Christ and God that don't represent God well. So it's not to put a, a judgment stamp on people, but it does cause us to wonder this good news that God has for us. How simple is it? How simple is the good news? And so as we talk about even the do's and the don'ts in our belief with God, how does that affect our lives as we walk in our relationship with God? How does that affect us with our relationship with people, believers and non-believers? Well, the good news is this, that there is a story that God has for every single person. Every single person here today and watching online or those in the fellowship hall, we all have a story. Every single person has a story. Every single person has a story to tell. Every single person is living a story. We're all on this journey of this story. But here's, here's a difference and the difference when it comes to God and our story. And here it is. Not everyone's story has God included in it. Not everyone's story has God included in it. So we want to turn just our regular story, our ordinary story, into a powerful story. Because everyone has a story to tell. But we want this powerful story. And so we want to talk about today the power of your story. And the power that we have in our stories did you know that in our world, bad news travels quicker than good news? In fact, 75% faster than good news. I mean, it is said that we are willing to speak more about bad news than we are good news. Good news, whenever we hear it, we will most likely share good news with people who are close to us or maybe even some friends. But we, we reserve good news for a minimal group of people. Whereas when it comes to bad news, we would share bad news with just about anyone. Like if you're at the airport, you're not just going to walk up to someone and say, I've been healed. You say that to your family members, to your, your close relatives, your friends. But at the airport, we share bad news. Hey, did you hear? Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about the president race? What do you think about what's going on in the world? You know, we share bad news so much quicker. And God wants us to not be a part of spreading bad news. He wants us to be a part of spreading good news. But then we come to a place where we say, but I don't know what good things are happening in my life. There, there's a lot of bad things. And many of us carry bad news with us because that's all we know of. But God said, I came to bring you good news Good tidings of great joy. Good news, the gospel. I want to give that to you. He says it like this. How beautiful are the, messengers, are the feet of the messengers who bring this good news. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring this good news. Who bring this gospel. That our lives may be a mess, but when we bring the gospel, we have beautiful feet. Because everyone loves good news. 
We all love good news. We don't like bad news. We don't like when we walk into, I'm just speaking hypothetically, I go into Jamba Juice and I order my drink and they don't have extra peanut butter or they ran out of peanut butter. I love peanut butter. And so when I go in there and I say, oh, can I have my drink? And then can I have extra peanut butter? Oh, we ran out of peanut butter. I'm thinking, you know, I'm just going to go to Safeway. I'm going to buy my own peanut butter and you can have the thing. So instead of going there, I'll go to Yogurtland. Now, one time I went to Yogurtland, and you know how you have the toppings? Like, you feel like a kid again. You can just add all your toppings. And as an adult, no one's going to tell us, no, you can't have that. Now, we're free from the laws of the parents, right? Because as children, no, you can't have that, can't have that. Now, we're adults. We're free to put whatever we want on our Yogurtland thing. So I go there. They ran out of macadamia nuts. I'm like, you ran out of macadamia nuts here on the Big Island. (laughs) I tell you, what, I, can go, I can go back roads, grab some macadamia nuts, crush them. You can have them. Just put some in mine. And we pack it up so much that we weigh it. It's like $15 for yogurt. But it's really bad news for us when we don't get what we want. I was talking to a friend of mine, and, and he said, yeah, um, uh, actually, he was carrying this ketchup packet. And I said, how come every time I see you, you have like a ketchup packet? He said, oh, sometimes I catch cramp. So I take a ketchup packet. And it goes away because of the salt, I guess. I said, does it really work? He goes, absolutely. That's why I always carry it. And he said, in fact, I told one of my friends about this because my friend would always catch cramps when he played baseball. And so I tell him, you got to carry ketchup packet. Just use ketchup. He work. My friend calls me. And my friend is telling me this. He said, yeah. So the guy calls me. He said, ketchup, no work. He said, what? No, it does work. He said, no work. I mean, use half bottle. He said, half bottle? You drank half bottle? He goes, oh, you're supposed to drink them. I rub them all on my legs, half bottle. And so, <laughs> bad news for that guy. He smelled like a hot dog all day. So, yeah, sometimes you're going to get good news, sometimes bad news. But we, we want to be carriers of good news. And so make sure we get the information correct. And, and that's what God wants for us today. He wants us to have, so make sure you guys don't be rubbing ketchup all over your bodies, okay? Make sure... We get the proper information. And the information is this. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring this good news. That's a part of our story. God wants that to be in our lives. In fact, the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 90, verse 9. Let's take a look at our notes. You can take that out of your bulletin. And it will help you to follow along. Psalm 90, verse 9. It reads it like this. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale That is told. You know what the Bible is telling us? Our life is a story. It's a tale that is told. Now, we don't like to be apart or separate from a story that is being told in a group of people where they're all laughing. We want to be included in it. And so does God. God wants to be included in our story. And so when the Bible tells us that there is a story that is being told, a tale that is being told from our life, The question is, what story will it be? What will my life story be? Will it be horror? Will it be just comedy? Will it it be adventurous? Will it be drama? Because there is a lot of drama. Or is it going to be a category that no movie falls into? The category called good news. Will our lives have that kind of story to it? Good news. What kind of tale are we going to tell? Now, there's a, 
Two people, in fact, in the Bible that was healed by Christ. They were blind. They cried out to Jesus, and he healed them. And then Jesus said something. I thought, wow, that that sounds kind of weird. He said, now go and tell no one. Almost sounds opposite to go into all the world and tell everyone. He says, now go and tell no one. It's like Jesus was saying, there are times when what I'm doing in your life is just for you. It's just between you and I. He's that intimate. And then there are times where he's going to say, tell everyone. Go tell everyone. Well, these guys didn't listen to Jesus Christ. And this is what they did. Let's look at what the Bible says in Matthew 9.31. But they went out and spread the what? The news about him throughout all that land. Now, these guys were compelled to tell people about what Jesus did for them. They just couldn't help it to the degree of disobeying what Jesus actually said. Now, I'm not condoning their disobedience to Christ and and not listening to what he said, but it does beg the question, when Jesus does something for us, do we go out and tell people? Do Do we let people know that this God came into my life and boy, it, it not necessarily changed my entire life. It radically changed my entire future for all of eternity. Because sometimes people won't see a change in us because it's a process. You know, God is perfecting us. We don't reach perfection the moment we say yes to Jesus. He's still working out in us what has been there all along. For many of us, it's been bad news all the way. And he's saying, now I want to bring in good news to your life. So now we have this man by the name of Paul the Apostle who shows up after Jesus dies and is resurrected. And Paul actually is converted. His life is changed, transformed, because he comes into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And now Paul the Apostle, if you know the New Testament, he says some words that we still say today, in, and then he says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring this good news. And he's quoting, he's actually quoting the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah. He's quoting one of the prophets of God called Isaiah, and he's quoting this scripture. Now, it can seem like on this end in the New Testament, which in the New Testament, it's about when Jesus shows up and then thereafter. The Old Testament is before Jesus shows up. So Paul speaks in the New Testament about this beautiful feet of the messengers who bring this good news. And we can almost take it as just face value that, wow, Paul, you, you're, saying, you're saying that it's, it's beautiful for us to bring good news. It's, it's good news for other people. And how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news to people who carry bad news. Well, that's great, Paul. That's a great thing to say. But let's look at the backdrop, as it were. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 52, verse 7. Isaiah says this. He says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news, the good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel reigns. Now, this is about 700, 800 years before Paul even speaks of this scripture, about 700 years before Christ shows up. So Isaiah is actually talking about the good news of what God is about to do. If you know the book of Isaiah, it's kind of about God's judgment, but at the same time, God's salvation. It's about God's forgiveness and his mercy and his compassion. But at the same time, it's talking about God's hand upon the nation of Israel. 
and how God is going to save us. This is where we get the scripture that the virgin shall conceive and will bring forth a son. And his name will be Emmanuel, God with us. The government will be on his shoulders. He was pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. This is Isaiah speaking of the coming Messiah. Because at that time, Israel was in turmoil, went through captivity after captivity. And and now Isaiah is saying, listen, there is still hope because Messiah will come. The Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. Isaiah even talks about the fall of Satan and what took place. So as Isaiah is, is giving hope to Israel, Israel had not seen that come to pass until Jesus shows up. And now Paul is post-Jesus being on earth. And so now by the time Paul is speaking this, he's speaking this to the Romans. And he says this in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 13. He says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, and now he quotes Isaiah, how beautiful are the feet of, the, of messengers who bring good news. See, by the time Paul speaks this, Israel had already seen Not just their history, but the Messiah come. They saw Christ come. They saw what happened to him. Some believed. Some were skeptical. Some threw it out. But what Paul is saying is, listen, this is good news for all of us. So by the time Paul says this is good news, it is actually good news for the people. It wasn't just a phrase to say. He's saying what Isaiah was speaking about, we can now receive. This is good news. And so the question is, how do we receive from this? How does that affect our lives? How important is it? And what difference can we make with this good news? Because I think every single person can have power in their story to make a difference, not just in our own lives or our family, our community, but in the world we live in, the world at work, the world at school, the world with our extended family members. We can make a difference regardless of where we are in our relationship with the Lord. Listen, if you believe in Jesus Christ, that is good news. And so here's the first thing we got to remember. And and you want to write this down or just put this to memory. To include God in your story. Include God. In other words, some of us run from God. We don't want to have God in our story. But God wants to be a part of our story. We're going to take a look at uh, three people this morning on video and we asked them if they could just tell their story in whatever way they felt God leading them. And in this, we're actually going to break it up into three segments because normally we will see this in a story. The beginning, right? We're going to kind of get introduced to the characters. Or if you watch a, uh, a movie, the beginning is always about the content. What is happening? What's going on? The middle section is about Usually, okay, what's going to happen? How is this going to, how is the story going to take place? And, and what is it going to look like for the future? And then the ending, victory. We all love a good ending. We don't like going to a movie with a horrible ending. Some of us start to direct after that, like, honey, you know what I would have done? I do that all the time. 
But we want the, we want the victory, and God gives us victory. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at a couple of people that have their story, and we're going to take a look at the beginning of what they've been dealing with, sometimes crisis. Uh, my name is Jared Morales, and I'm a nurse on the surgical pediatric unit at Hilo Medical Center. My name is Pam, and I've been coming to New Hope since the ending of 2013. Hi, my name is Jen Bolden, and I've been coming to New Hope Hilo Hawaii for August makes 11 years now. In 2012, I was in the dark place and didn't have faith or hope. I had God in my life but I was missing something. I wasn't letting him touch my heart and my soul. When I got the news that I had stage four cancer, we cried, we hugged. We talked about the next steps that I needed for me to get well. I felt anger in me because there was always a question, why me? No, I, I tell you, it's the days that I try and lean on my 16 years of experience that I have the hardest days. I think the biggest challenge for me, the biggest hardship that I've been through in all of 23 years was the passing of both my grandmas. And um, with the first one, I took it really hard because that was the first death in the family that I've ever experienced. And I think with the second one, it took me I took it a little better because I knew like, what was going on. Yeah, we think we all have a some kind of beginning. You know, we all have some type of bad news in our life or, or maybe we, we bank on experience to try and make things work out or we try to uh, use head smarts to work things out. But there is power in God when included in our story, makes for a powerful story. Because the power of God, when it's in our lives, gives us a powerful, pur- powerful purpose for our story. Every single person's life has a story to it. But you include God in it, your story becomes powerful. And I think when we have a, a beginning like this where maybe we lose a loved one or, or maybe God has chosen us to, to work at a certain place where he wants to use our life to bring good news to people. In whatever way God chooses, that we got to come back to the good news. That he wants us to share this good news because there are people who are stuck in just the beginning. That they don't have a hope after turmoil. They don't have a purpose at work. They don't have hope beyond their illness. And so they're stuck in that beginning phase. But God wants to bring a purpose to everyone's story. Galatians 2.20, it tells us that I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, your story and my story has the potential to intersect with his story. Because without Christ, our lives just have a story to it. And we we all will have some type of story attached to our life. But with Christ, our story becomes powerful and purposeful. And now there is good news. 
in our story. And with the good news comes that power. No one likes bad news. Some are entertained by it. But his good news far outweighs any bad news. And some of us continue to carry bad news with us. And God is saying, include me because I want to bring you good news. I mean, isn't it awkward when you're sitting down with a group of friends and they all went camping and you didn't and they're telling the stories about the weekend and they're laughing and you're like, ah. And they're like, oh, I wish you were there. And you're like, well, I wasn't, so can you stop talking about it? But it's like we would want to be included in it. And God wants to be included in our story. Not because he just wants to be talked about, but he wants us to be a part of his story. But the only way that happens is if we include him in our story. And here's the second thing. And when we do that, then here's what happens. That now God's story in our life can help others. Because people are going to relate to you many times quicker than they're going to relate to God himself. They're going to relate to the Jesus in you than Jesus himself, if that makes sense to you. Not in a way that we become God, but they see God in us and see what God did through us and in us. And then they begin to wonder, wait a minute, I've known you for a while and God, God did that in your life? And maybe subconsciously they'll say, maybe I have hope. Maybe I have a chance. Maybe there is a future and a hope for me. So the second segment is part of how does God, how do we include God in our story with wherever we are? Let's take a look at the second part in God in our lives. I did the surgery and I knew the role ahead for me and my families was going to be a rough one for my recovery. While going through all of this, our son-in-law went home to God. The same month and the same year, I asked God, why him and not me? The pain and anger inside of me was unbearable. I prayed with all my heart to God for him to give me the strength that I needed to ease the pain for our daughter and our grandchildren. I prayed for forgiveness from him because I didn't let him come into my life and touch my heart. For I knew I could not do this alone. I so much needed him in that time. And I think it wouldn't help me through that was just, I think, the love of a church family. And just knowing that if I ever did have someone to talk to, throughout that hard time that I know I could go to people like Pastor Lynn and Chad and Shana who have been some of my biggest mentors. Unconsciously, you become that light, that source of hope for families and patients. And you cannot help but, you know, when you're on the days that I'm filled to overflowing, uh, when you're ready and filled and you have enough to give, uh, that's, a, that's that point where patients get touched and families get touched. Um, sometimes I don't set out to do that, but I want to be the best Christian that I can be, the best person that I can in my job field and try and bridge that by just, you no, know, I guess they said you let your light shine just by just being 
Jesus where you are um, in your actions. Yeah, when we're a part of God's story, the power, the power of God as it intersects with our story becomes good news for other people. That when we bring this good news to people, we bring good news sometimes to a bad situation, a bad marriage, a, a, a bad uh, personal struggle that people are going through. And when we bring this good news, now they have hope. Now there's an option. Now there are no longer uh, just closed doors. Now there's a, a, a glimmer of hope and we bring that to people. In whatever bad situation, uh, bad financial situation, it could be bad uh, health or family or uh, right now we in tax season, bad financial standings because we got to pay taxes. So whatever bad news people are carrying, we bring good news and it far outweighs that bad news. The light that we shine causes darkness to flee. That's why we're all here. Someone showed us hope. Someone shined their light. God was calling us near to him. There is good news that was, that was given to us. That you and I are now messengers of this good news. As 2 Corinthians tells us, verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. It's kind of like if you and I found a cure for the world's most deadliest diseases, we had that cure, we would tell people who are close to us if they had this disease. We would give it to our closest relatives, those we love, the people we love, the people that are close to us, even in our workplace. We probably even would give it to people we really don't like because we know it's a life-saving cure that we would spread this cure to people for the rest of the world to see. For the rest of the world to have. And that's just like the good news. It's a cure for what people go through without hope. They don't have hope. They, their only hope is in the world. But when they see all the bad news happening, there goes their hope. So when we bring in this cure, this cure from eternal separation with God, this cure of hopelessness, and when we bring this good news, oh, it just shakes people up. And now they begin to wonder, maybe I now have a future in this God people are talking about. And even though the percentage of bad news is higher or spreading bad news is higher than good news spreading, good news holds more value than bad news. It just holds more value. That's why Paul said, how beautiful are the feet of the messenger who brings this good news because that messenger that is coming. And if you, even if you read the Old Testament, when there would be a war and they would see the messengers come, they would recognize if it was good news or bad news by the way they ran. Like bad news is like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. What am I going to tell the king? What am I going to tell? How am I going to present this? Good news is like, i got to go. Come on, we got to get there. And go. Because you're bringing good news. There's an excitement that comes with it. That's why Paul said, oh, how beautiful are the feet of the messenger who brings this good news, Paul is actually saying this is actually good news. He's seen it. It, wasn't, it was no longer prophetic anymore. It was no longer in the distant future. It was happening right then and there. So he could say with hope, even that much more than Isaiah could see. Well, Isaiah could see the Messiah coming, but Paul lived it. And he's saying this is actually good news. Comfort those 
people are going through probably the same thing that you're going through. And God's going to use your story to help others. Now, as a, I, I, I was a teenage father. I had my son at an early age. And as a youth pastor, that was probably one of my so-called not-so-good uh, notches on my life because the teens would say, well, you, you turned out fine. And you had a child in your teenage years, so what's the difference with me? I was, I'm going to turn out fine. I said, okay, here, here's the deal, though. And so I give them this illustration of me walking through a minefield as a teenager. I said, this is what happened. I didn't even care about the things of God. So I just walked through this minefield and pff, blew up a foot. So I was limping through. And then along the way, tripped and fell, blew off an arm. And as I came out to the other side, blew off another leg. So I'm crawling to the other side. Finally, I get to safety. Finally, I get to salvation. And now the doctors have to put me back together. They have to stitch me up. But I still have, I still have lost limbs. I have scars. I have trauma. And you know how long it took for the healing process to take place? Years. So this is what I tell them. I mean, as graphic as that is, you know, sometimes that's the only way kids understand or youth. I said, Here, here's, here's a better way. Because I've been through the minefield, I don't want you to go through that. I have a better way. Go around it. Just go around. It may seem a lot longer, but in the long run, it's a lot shorter. Because you won't have to deal with years of recuperation, healing, and being out because you've been blown up through the minefield. And I think that's what we try to do as parents, don't we? That's what we try to tell our children. We try to, we try to coach them and say, hey, you know what? I made some mistakes, but I'm not you, mom. I'm not you, dad. We're going to hear that. But what we're trying to say to our children is, I got blown up here and there. Thank God, thank God that I survived at the end. Well, then I'm just going to turn to God. Yeah, but not all stories end up the same way. And I think when God says, well, here's, here's some good news for you. He doesn't, he doesn't just give us good news for our lives. He gives us good news so that we can share it with other people. That even though we, we may be caught up in some minefields, he says, here's the good news. There is a good way. There is a better way, and it's my way. And so here's what God wants us to do. Here's the last thing, number three. Share his story of good news in our life. Whatever good news God has for us, share it. Now, some of us share it in different ways. Some of us do it through a relationship. Some of us do it through a letter. We encourage people. Some of us through our lifestyle. Some of us speak of it. Some of us tell people straight, I believe in God, and this is what he did for me. But we all have the victorious side once we come to this relationship with Jesus Christ. And so here's the last part of these testimonies for this video. Is that what does it look like on the victory side? Let's take a look at how they are dealing with the victory side of what Christ had done. Because he's been there so many times. And like even in all of my flaws, all of my everything, he just... When we come to him, he just, he forgets about everything. He just focuses on just your willingness to come to him. And even though he's not physically here, he still embraces you. He 
it's so amazing when we find revelation in our lives. When he tells us something, we cannot help but not want to follow him. I know that the cancer can come back at any time. But I am prepared physically and emotionally because I know spiritually for this, God will not put me through the pain. And I know that my journey with God is going to be where I go home with Him for eternal life. You know, even when I come to church and I praise and I sing, I cry, you know what the tears is? Those tears are happy tears. My tears are not painful tears, are not hurtful tears. And my tears is saying, yes, God, yes, I love you. And I know you love me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. That's where the strength comes from. I can see the strength comes from the Lord if I'm needing strength. But when I feel burdened, I can, I can give it all to Him. Especially if I'm called to sing and minister. I say, Lord, empty me of everything that's not of You. But again, fill me. Fill me with Your grace, Your mercy, Your love, Your joy to overflow so I can give some of that away. Can we say thank you to Pam, Jen, and Jared for sharing this morning? You know, there's power in your story. Everyone has a story. And while, while bad news is spreading, God is giving us good news, constantly giving us good news. And he says, go tell people. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, as the early church is exploding, Jesus says these words, to his believers. He says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Here, here's what Christ is saying to us. For those of you who believe in him, he's saying, When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you you're going to have a power like no other. Use that power. To tell people about me in your own home, with your family, where you work, in your community, in your island, your state, and throughout the entire world, wherever you go, tell people about me. It's the good news of Jesus Christ that changes lives forever. It's not just an, a headline that we toss around. It is actually good news. Amen. I'm going to ask Glenn to come to the keyboard and I just want to close with my story and it's very simple very practical some of you know it already but I actually grew up without a father he left when I was second grade and so I didn't know him growing up I knew a little bit about him because I was at an age where I could remember him and so I grew up without my dad in my life and then I met Heidi when I was 12 years old she was 13 years old and then we began to date in junior high again that was almost like a negative for us in their youth ministry. They're like, why, you guys met when you were still little small kids. Yes, we needed Jesus. And so at age 15, I was 15 years old. Heidi was 16 when we had our first son. That's why we have three grandchildren now. 
But it's when we were going through that difficult time period where I felt like, where is my life going to go with all of this? It was around the same time that we had our child that I found out that my dad had passed away. And we got a phone call from my grandmother in the mainland and we didn't know where my dad was. But apparently he was living in the mainland and my grandmother said, your dad died. And I remember hearing that phrase and it didn't really affect me at that time because I didn't have a relationship with him. But then it did affect me later on. We were living on Oahu and then Heidi moved here to the Big Island in 1988. I still needed to graduate from high school. So I worked very hard at graduating because I wanted to move up here to be with Heidi and our son. Well, the only way I could live with them is if I went to church. That was the deal with her dad. And her dad said, if you want to live with us, then you got to go to church. And I thought, I'd rather pay rent than go to church. So I thought, okay, okay, I'll try. But I didn't like church, like anything about it. And so I started to go to, to church. And this is when we were at the boys' club. It was boys' club back then. Now it's boys' and girls' club. But I remember being back there, and, and some of you know the history of where we were. We were in different places. But I came in the boys' club days, and I remember coming to church, and I thought, this is different. This is, this is not church. I mean, they sing, and they clap, and they have instruments, and they, they're like alive in here. I don't know. I, I think I can do this. But when Pastor Wayne Cordero started to speak, and you know Pastor Wayne, he's a master communicator. So when he started to speak, I'm thinking, hey, I can understand this. I can understand. And, and as the weeks went by, I thought, wait a minute. So you're telling me that this God who I thought was out to get me, he actually loves me. You're telling me that this God who knows all about my flaws and my past He wants to be included in my life? You're telling me that this perfect father wants to be a part of this imperfect father's life? You're telling me that this God who has good news can wipe out my bad news? How how does this loving father find enough love in him to want me? You're telling me this Father who is worthy of all praise, honor, and glory finds worth in me. And I couldn't understand that. It took some time for me to grasp that because it just sounded too good to be true. How could God love someone like me? It was on a Father's Day where I could understand about fathers because of my situation. Not having one and then being one at an early age. And by this time I was 19 years old. And it was on that Father's Day where Pastor Wayne was speaking and and the the message so gripped my heart. And all I remember about that service was being in tune with this word Father. And then at the end of the message, Pastor Wayne said this phrase that stuck with me till this day. And he said this, If you want to be a good father, you need God. And it was the first time that I found hope that through all that I've been through, all the bad news that I've been including in my life, it was now my opportunity to include this good news into my life. And then he said a prayer. 
And it was the prayer of what we call salvation. And I gave my heart to Christ. And it was that, at that very moment that God opened my eyes to see that glimmer of hope that with all the bad news that was happening in my life, all the doors that were shut, all the darkness, once that light came in, poof, all of the darkness fleed. And it was gone. And that glimmer of hope was all I had to hang on to. Just a little bit of that hope. Because that was the best news I heard. I have a chance. I have a life worth living for. I have a purpose. And it was with that purpose that I hung on to because it was God's promises that I hung on to. And you fast forward the tape. If I were to look back at my life, even the bad news that has happened in my life, the good news far outweighs. Thanks be to God. And now it's our turn to bring this message to the world. No matter how ugly your story is, God can turn that around. And people may look at your life and say, your life is an ugly life. But when you tell them the good news, they're going to say, as ugly as your life is, how beautiful are your feet because you brought me good news of hope. I want you to take these invitation cards and be that messenger of hope. Go tell people about Jesus Christ because in two weeks, and if they come next week, that's even, that's great. But if we all invite one person, how many lives will be touched because Jesus has good news for you. And that's what we want people to know and understand. You might be here today and you're saying, I've never included God in my story. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do just that, just like how God gave me an opportunity. We're going to bow our heads for a moment. We're going to pray together. I want to speak to those who have never included God in their story, in their life. And maybe right now is, is that struggle. Maybe you've been feeling God tugging at your heart. And right now, God is saying, I want to be included. All you need to do is ask, and you shall receive. And if you've never said yes to Jesus, I want to pray with you. Could you just lift a hand real briefly, and we'll pray together. You want to give Jesus your heart? You want to include God in your story? You want God in your life? Yeah, God sees your hand. Good. Hold him up. God sees you. He sees your story. He sees even the bad news. God sees you. God bless you. Back there, God sees you. God bless you. Right here, God bless you. Yeah, right there. God sees you. Back there. Back there. Right here. God sees you. You can put your hands down. We're gonna, we can pray this prayer together, all of us, even if you said this prayer a thousand times. Let's just reaffirm to our spirit and our flesh the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's pray this prayer together, especially for those who are saying this for the first time. Here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. And make me brand new. I believe in you. That you died on the cross. And you rose from the grave. To give me eternal life. And so I thank you. For this is good news. In Jesus name I pray. 
And Lord, that's our prayer this morning. Thank you for bringing us all together today. We, with fervent desire, want to spread this good news to people, that we would be carriers, messengers of this good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring this message of good news. Help us to do that, Lord. Help us to be carriers. Even as we pass out these invitations, let this be seeds that are planted that would bear fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said... Amen. Let's welcome these that said yes to Jesus this morning into the kingdom of God.